If you like what you're hearing, please consider contributing. Any amount helps. Recurring monthly contributions are best of all. Just go to maniacontheloose.com slash support. That's maniacontheloose.com slash support. If you like the Maniac on the Loose Scary Stories podcast, please subscribe on whatever platform you listen on. Feel free to leave a nice review, too, if you like. And don't be shy about letting other people know about the show. All of these things help us out a ton, and we appreciate it very much. Now let's get to some scary stories. If you like scary stories, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Maniac on the Loose Scary Stories Podcast. (laughs) Sit back and relax. Keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times and enjoy the ride. The Man with Amnesia I'm a psychiatrist and I practice in the state of Texas. I have had quite a variety of patients over the years, but by far my most unnerving patient was the man with amnesia. I had a friend named Davis who ran a local mission. He stopped by to tell me of a young man in his thirties who recently arrived at the mission. The man was in great shape and appeared educated and intelligent, but was suffering from a major case of amnesia. Apparently, Davis suggesting to take the man to a hospital or notifying the police unhinged the man. He wanted nothing to do with such things. This was concerning. I conveyed my trepidation about this fact to Davis, and he concurred. But he found the knowledge this man had about certain subjects to be quite compelling. The man with amnesia had considerable expertise on the topic of the American Civil War, to the point where he came across as a professor. On top of that, he possessed a familiarity with all things horses and a basic medical understanding. Davis was fascinated with the case of the man with amnesia, but with the inability to seek assistance from medical doctors or the police, he wasn't sure where to turn, and that led him to me. I agreed to see the man with amnesia to assess his situation, and determine whether or not I could be of some assistance. When the man entered my office, I was struck by his cold, hard gaze. Davis explained briefly about your case. I'm going to try to help you. Do you remember your name? The man shook his head. What should I call you? 
The man pondered my question for a moment and then responded. His voice had a smooth, soothing feel to it, and he held a calm confidence within. Call me Ebenezer, Ichabod, or Bartholomew. Your choice. That's an unusual selection of names. Three colorful names that are rarely used nowadays. If you're leaving it up to me, I choose Ebenezer. Now tell me, Ebenezer, what can you remember? Everything from the past week, that's all. Davis mentioned you remember certain things pertaining to the past. The Civil War, for example. And that you are familiar with horses, and that you may possess medical knowledge. Ebenezer snickered. Davis is a good man. He's been helping me a lot, and I must admit that it has been enjoyable to talk to him. He seems fascinated with me, which I find amusing. Why do you find this amusing? It's as if he doesn't expect me to have any source of intelligence, and when he finds something within me that he considers as such, he gets excited. Giddy, even. Like a kid. So, I find that to be amusing. Is Davis correct about his findings? Yes, it's true. I know about these things, but I didn't realize it until the subject was brought up. Davis was trying to get me to remember my name. In doing so, he mentioned that his middle name was Lee. He said all the men in his family, as far back as he could remember, had the middle name of Lee which was derived from General Robert E. Lee. That reminded me of the Civil War, and I discovered I had extensive knowledge pertaining to that event. So, obviously, you hold an interest in the Civil War. Particularly the Battle of Gettysburg. I excel in that area. I can tell you anything about it that you want to know. I feel not only like it's something I've studied, but I feel like I've been immersed in it somehow. Almost like... I wasn't sure if his hesitation was a memory issue, or if he was uncomfortable sharing, so I prodded him. Almost like what? It's as if I were there. I know so much about it. I can actually see the battlefields, not like you see from pictures, but I can see them from the point of view of standing on them. I feel I've stood on that ground. I've run on it. I've laid on it. I could sense a frustration boiling within Ebenezer with the fact that he was aware of certain things, but wasn't sure how. This is progress. You are beginning to discover pieces of your memory. Now it's just a matter of putting them back together like a puzzle. Let's move on to another subject and see if we can find a connection. Davis mentioned that you have a knowledge of horses. Yes, 
Davis was running through a list of things, trying to find something that would trigger a memory. He was bringing up animals, and when he started talking about horses, something just clicked. Kind of like a switch being flicked on. I know horses. I know them well. How so? I know I can ride. I'm a great rider. I enjoy it. It's second nature to me. I don't think I'm a horse farrier, but I can shoe a horse. I know how to care for these animals. I know everything about them. What about the medical understanding Davis spoke of? Ah, this one is hard to explain. Davis was telling me about his family. He mentioned that his father had been a pathologist. For some reason, that struck a chord with me. I feel like if you put a cadaver in front of me, that I could perform an autopsy. Do you think you work in the medical field? I don't. With the Civil War, I know deep down I've studied it. Where, I don't know. When, I don't know. But I can feel it. It's something I've learned. And with the horses, I know I have experience with them. A lot of experience with them. But when it comes to the medical stuff, it's... different. I don't feel like I've studied it. I can't get fancy with medical lingo. It's just a feeling I have. A confidence in the subject. Can you tell me why it is that you are unwilling to go to the hospital or talk to the police? This is when the calm demeanor of Ebenezer was stripped away and he became panicked and paranoid as he jumped from his chair. No. No police. No hospitals. Do you hear me? No. I tried to calm him down by pleading with him to take a seat and relax. He was having none of it. He was pacing about the room. His eyes were enraged, and his hands were clenched into tight fists. I don't need to take a seat. I don't need to relax. I need to find out who I am. With that, he bolted out of the room. I wasn't sure if I would ever see him again, but a couple days later, there was a knock on my door. It was him. He was apologetic and seemed genuinely embarrassed by his behavior at the previous session. It didn't take much coercing to get him to sit down, and it was he who elected to start the conversation. I keep having a dream. No, a nightmare. I wake up in cold sweats and I'm afraid. Can you tell me about the nightmare? I was being chased by a man. I don't know who. Do you know why he is chasing you? He wants to kill me. Why? I don't know. What do you do? I run. I look back over my shoulder once in a while. He's always closer every time I look. There's something in his hand. It's glistening in the light. What is it? What is in his hand? A knife. He's going to kill me. 
He's going to cut me up. He's going to butcher me. Relax. Take a breath. I don't want you to overload your mind. Ebenezer took several deep breaths and was able to calm himself quickly. Did you dream about anything else? Ebenezer pondered my question for a long while before answering. I dreamt of the Pickett's Charge battlefield in Gettysburg. I was riding my horse across the battlefield. Do you remember anything else? A barn, a red barn, trees in the distance, a line of trees, where the Confederate soldiers emerged. I can see it. What else? Look around you, not at the battlefield, but directly around you. Horses, other horses. There are other people on horseback with me. What do they look like? What are they wearing? Well, they look normal. Jeans, t-shirt, comfortable clothing. They're looking around, admiring the sacred ground they are on. They're talking to each other. They're talking to me. They're asking me questions. What are they asking you? They're asking me about the area, the battle. Why are they asking you these questions? Why you? Because they know that I'm knowledgeable about this place. How could they know that? Because I'm... I'm a guide! Ebenezer's eyes widened and his jaw dropped. He couldn't believe that he just remembered something significant. I wanted to keep things going, so I immediately followed up with some questions. What kind of guide, Ebenezer? A trail guide. A horse trail guide. He paused for a moment as his mind became flooded with thought. He stood up, beaming. It's coming back to me. I was born in Gettysburg. I was born and raised there. That's how I know so much about the Civil War and the battles at Gettysburg. I grew up with it. It was around me my whole life. I used to work as a horse guide. That's why I know so much about horses. I worked in stables. I did everything. I would take tourists out to the battlegrounds on horseback. I would show them where the battles took place. What time frame in your life are we talking about, Ebenezer? Oh, I was just a kid. I started working for the stables when I was only 14. I learned everything I could. About the history of our town, about horses, everything. I loved it there. I loved it. Why are you so far away from the town that you love so much? He was still smiling and happy as he shrugged and answered me. I had to get away for some reason. Why? All at once, the smile and happiness drained from his body. His eyes widened and a cold, blank expression covered his face as though he realized something. I have to go. He sprinted out of the office before I could say another word. 
It was three nights later when I encountered Ebenezer again. I had already sent my secretary home for the night. When I opened my office door to step out, Ebenezer was there holding a sadistic grin. He physically moved me back into my office. You aren't going anywhere, Doc. I was cross with his tyrannical attitude. What's the meaning of this? Who else did you speak to about me? Speak to about you? No one. Now please. No one? Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. Ebenezer grabbed me by the shirt and roughly pushed me down into my chair. Do you know what I did just before I came to your office? I took in a deep breath and gulped. I'm afraid to ask. I killed Davis. Now it was obvious as to why he paid me a visit. And now you're going to kill me. You are clever, aren't you? Do you mind if I inquire as to why? The same reason I killed Davis. You both know too much about me. I would disagree with that. I don't know much about you at all. You know enough? Do you remember the dream I was having? The one where I was being chased by someone with a knife who I knew was going to kill me? I do? It was an odd dream. Odd because I was dreaming from my victim's perspective. I was feeling what they felt. It was quite exhilarating, actually. Your victim's perspective? That's right, Doctor. I'm a serial killer. I tried to keep a stoic expression, but the fear I was feeling crept over my face and Ebenezer recognized it. You are right to be afraid. My parents held a similar expression just before I killed them. That's when it all started. My parents didn't want me to continue to be a Civil War trail guide. But I loved doing it. There was nothing else I wanted to do. But did that matter to them? They were constantly nagging me to quit. They wanted me to go off to college and become a doctor like my father. But I wanted no part of it. So I killed them. And that was when I discovered the thrill of the kill. Ebenezer began pacing as he continued. Even though I loved my time as a Gettysburg trail guide, I now had a new desire, and I decided it was best that I move far away from there. So I moved to the West Coast and perfected my craft. I've killed hundreds. I have it down to a wonderful science. I move all the time, all over the country, Canada and Mexico a few times too. I kill wherever I am. And I'm always gone before anyone can suspect a thing. The insanity in his eyes grew and his sadistic smirk had grown into a snarl as he spoke. I had my last victim all picked out. 
I was following her, waiting for the perfect time to pounce. I ducked down an alley so I could watch her from the darkness. And you want to hear something really funny? I slipped. (laughs) There was something slippery on the ground, and I slid on it and fell hard. I banged my head on a dumpster and lost my memory. Can you believe that? Talk about a freak accident. And you just happened to wander into the mission and met Davis. Yes, it was unlucky for him, and unlucky for you. You are both fine people. Helping a stranger like me was an admirable thing for you to do. But it just happened to be the wrong stranger. I felt like the time had come for me to start begging for my life. Uh, Listen, Ebenezer, just, just leave. I won't tell anyone. You are correct, Doctor. You won't tell anyone. I never leave my tracks uncovered. You know too much. Just like Davis did. With that, Ebenezer withdrew an intimidating knife from under his jacket and sneered as he advanced toward me with malicious intent. For as seasoned as a serial killer as he just boasted of being, I was surprised that he didn't even consider the fact that I might be armed. I always kept a thirty-eight revolver in my desk drawer. I withdrew it and pulled the trigger. His malevolent expression turned to shock as the first bullet entered his chest. I let forth with two more blasts and the man with amnesia fell in a lifeless heap to the floor. We hope you enjoyed the show. We're dying for you to come back for more. Visit ManiacOnTheLoose.com, sign up for our newsletter, and I'll give you some free stuff. We'll see you soon. Very soon. If you like scary stories, and you want to support the show, buy some of my books. I have a whole slew of them, and most of them are just 99 cents. Go to maniacontheloose.com slash books. Again, this is a great way to support the show. That's maniacontheloose.com slash books.